Hello, and welcome to God's Word for You for today from Liberty Lake Church. Today is our special Christmas Eve message from Pastor Shane Fries. He starts by reading a Christmas story to the children, Clopper the Christmas Donkey. And he concludes by giving us the message titled, Discovering the Christ in Christmas. So please stay tuned at the end for some closing thoughts. Here's Pastor Shane. I hope it's fun. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I want to invite all the kids, if there's any kids that want to come up here and sit, we're going to read a story today, um, and I'm going to need your help as an audience, as adults. When we get to the scripture portions, I'm going to need you to read with me what's up on the screen, all right? So kids, come on down. Come and join me right up here up front. Just cuddle right in here. We're going to, we're going to read this book. Come on up. All right. It's okay. Come on down. Let's go ahead and have a seat right here. Go ahead and sit down. All right. You guys can come. You want to sit right here? Go ahead. That'll be perfect. You want to sit by your cousin? Can we make a spot for you right there? That's all right. You're pretty close right now. We got people long ways away. This was a good idea in my head. You guys, we're going to read the story of Clopper, the Christmas donkey. Can you guys see that? Can you see that? No, I can't. We're, we're going to show it around so everybody can see it. Can you get, look at right here. You see that's right there. All right. You guys can come in. Yeah, we can slide right in here, right, right here, right close. All right, here we go. Are you guys ready? Did you guys know that I have a, I actually have a treat for you guys when we get all done? But you have to sit and listen really careful, okay? It is candy. So if that's a problem for any of your parents, I apologize now. Okay, here we go. You guys ready? All right. So I'm going to move this around from time to time so you guys can all see the story here. Okay? My name is Clopper. Nuzzle up while I tell you about a very special night. You guys see Clopper? See him right here? That's, his, that's who he is, the Christmas donkey. It all began early one morning as I was munching on a breakfast of sweet grass. My master Joseph came from the house carrying my bridle and sacks of supplies for a journey. Can you guys say hee-haw with me? Hee-haw. 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 One time, that's just enough. It's time for an adventure. You see? Do you see the donkey? You guys see him? All right, they're all saddled up, ready to go. All right, the adults are going to help us with this part. You guys are going to read with me. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world, and everyone went to his own town to register. Joseph helped his wife Mary up on my back. You see Joseph? See him? I'm getting there. Okay. I thought she felt heavier than the last time I carried her. The road took us over steep, rocky hills and into cool, green valleys. We passed through quiet villages and busy towns. The adults are going to help us again, okay, guys? So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the house of, or the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. 
He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Here's a big town scene. I'm going to read this, and then I'll show you guys the picture. At last, we arrived in Bethlehem. The city buzzed with people who came from near and far. The donkeys hee-hawed and hee-hawed and brayed to one another. Children whipped around us in a game of tag. Moms scolded. Old friends laughed and shouted and patted each other on the back. Joseph, said Mary, look, all the people who have come to Bethlehem. Yes, Joseph sighed. It will not be easy to find a room. Here's the picture. You guys look at this. I know I'm going to bring it back to you in just a second. Isn't that amazing? I know. Isn't that pretty cool? Well, that's a pretty amazing picture. That is, that is for sure. We trudged through town, along streets, down dusty paths. Joseph knocked on the, a door after door. No one had an empty room. The sky darkened and the air grew colder. I smelled simmering stew and fresh baked bread. My tummy growled like a hungry lion and my hooves ached up to my knees. Have you guys all been hungry before? Yeah. Yeah. I can see you are weary, said uh, Joseph told Mary. Mary smiled. The Lord will provide a place for us to stay. I know he will. Here's, see him? Does, does Mary look tired? Yeah. Yeah, she looks pretty tired, doesn't she? Yeah. Yeah, very tired. That would be a long journey. Finally, Joseph found a, key, a kind innkeeper. At, the first, <clears throat> at first, the innkeeper shook his head and said, I'm very sorry. I have no room for you in the inn. Then he looked at Mary. It is late and you are both tired. You are welcome to stay in my stable. It's not much, but at least you will be able to get some rest. See the stable? Right here. Look at that. Look at that. See the stable? They needed a bigger place, didn't they? That is true. Joseph took the heavy bags from my back. Hee-haw. What a relief. And there was crunchy hay and fresh water for supper. Mary and Joseph didn't usually sleep with the cows or sheep or even donkeys, but they stretched out on a bed of straw and rested. See him resting? See him resting? They're, they're laying in a bed of hay right there. They're resting. No, they're, they're stretched out resting. Here we go. I nodded off to sleep too. Then I heard it. The sound of a, a, not a lion. Thank goodness it wasn't a lion in the manger. It was a baby. The baby Jesus, that's right. See? Mary had given birth to a baby boy, baby Jesus. They wrapped him in claws and laid him in the manger. That is where the animals eat our, that's where we animals eat our hay. I clip-clopped over to where he lay. What a sweet little child. I could tell he was very special. Near him, I felt as peaceful as a sleeping lamb. From the tip of my nose to the swish of my tail, Mary and Joseph kissed his rosy cheeks and sang soft and beautiful praise songs. Do you guys see baby Jesus? Yeah. See him in the main? I know I'm coming to you. Have you guys figured out this is how we're going to do it for the rest of the book? I know, it's kind of crazy. The adults are going to help us on this one. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. 
and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in claws and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. We're almost done, guys. I fell asleep again. Then excited voices jolted me awake. One shepherd called to the other, Here I have found the Christ child. The shepherds rushed into the staple. The tall one and the short one bumped into the first one when he stopped. You see the shepherds? Look at the shepherds. Look at them. Yeah, they're bumping into each other. Isn't that crazy? You know what they asked when they found Mary and Joseph? They said, may we see him? They asked. Of course, come in, Joseph answered softly. Shh, the chubby one whispered as they tiptoed to the manger. They dropped to their knees by the manger as quiet and still as statues. They gazed at baby Jesus. Then the tall shepherd spoke, and we were watching, <clears throat> we were watching our sheep, he said, when an angel suddenly appeared and surrounded us with bright light. Do you see the angels? Or the shepherds, I mean, looking at baby Jesus right there? There's the shepherds. See the shepherds? Yes, said the short one. We shook in our sandals, but he told us not to be afraid. The angel, angel said, I bring you good news, which will bring joy to many people. The adults are going to help us again. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. Yeah, like a, like a cloth. Like a, it would be like a dish towel, and they wrapped him up in it. It, it probably is one that you'd use to wipe something up. The other shepherd spoke up. And then you wouldn't believe what we saw. The sky was filled with lights. Hundreds, no, thousands of angels saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill to them, to men. Do you see the angels? Look. Look at all the angels. Look at, look at. Well, they probably couldn't fit a thousand in there. Not just not enough room. There's a lot of them. The adults are going to help us again. Here you go. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angels, praising God and saying, "Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom His favor rests." When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. The tall shepherd said, God has kept his promise to send us a Savior. Mary and Joseph's eyes twinkled as they listened. Yes, Mary said with a nod, the Lord has truly blessed us with this child. Let's hurry, and tell, uh, let's hurry home and tell our family, said the other shepherds. Look. They're, they're all getting ready to leave. Mary and Joseph are, are saying goodbye. You see that? 
The shepherds are leaving. They probably did want to see him again. The adults are going to help us again. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. I wonder if people believed the shepherds. Well, whether, other believed, whether others believed their story or not, I know it's true. I saw it with my own eyes. I was there that special night when Mary gave birth to Jesus, the Lord Jesus, the Savior of the world. They're all going away, celebrating and happy. The adults are going to help us one last time. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The end. Man, thank you guys for being such good listeners. Why don't you grab a candy cane and head back to your parents. Great job, you guys. Don't panic, I'm not fixing in to be up here for a long time, so. <clears throat> Man, it is good to be with you today. Thank you for bringing your kids. What a great time that is. Uh, what a great thing it is to hear kids in our service. We love having uh, the children here with us. I don't know about you guys, but if you heard some amazing thing like that, some angel stopped and talked to you, would you guys be excited about running into town and telling people about it? Would we really... I mean, I share some of the stories that I think were pretty realistic, and sometimes people look at me like I'm crazy. Driving stories, fishing stories, hunting stories. How would you describe this to somebody? Hey, just so you guys know, we were on the field shepherd, shepherding sheep, and the angels came and told us our Savior has arrived. I'd be kind of worried about sharing that story. And yet something happened for them that caused them to go into town and look for this Christ. I think it's pretty amazing. There's three real quick things that I want to look at that are amazing to me about this story. The first is that we see prophecy fulfilled, and we'll look at that. The second is that angels announce the arrival of this coming Savior, this coming King. And the third is that people missed it. Isn't that amazing? The first part, the prophecy fulfilled, it's amazing because in Luke chapter 2, which is where we kind of took the story from, uh, the donkey story comes out of that passage. And uh, if, we, if we read the whole passage, which we won't tonight, um, we would see this, that story unfold with Mary and Joseph moving uh, their family, if you will, for a census that Caesar Augustus had called for. And they come into town, can't find a place to be, and they end up in a manger. Mary goes into labor. What a convenient sequence of events. But the amazing part of this whole process started somewhere around 700 years earlier in Isaiah chapter 9. And we're going to read that passage tonight. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. Follow along with me if you would. But there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter times, he made glorious the way of the sea in the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. 
The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nations. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff of, uh, for his shoulders, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the trampling warrior in the battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it, to uphold it with justice and with, and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Here we see in Luke, these angels coming and sharing with the angels uh, the, the prophecy that we see in Isaiah. They, they actually say to them, unto you a child is born, the Savior, the Christ has arrived. Now, can you imagine the nation of Israel under the, uh, being under uh, persecution and captivity for hundreds of years up to this point? under different regimes of, of Assyria and Babylon and now the Romans. Can you imagine the stories that came down, passed on, about the coming king who's going to restore David's throne? Had to be a pretty good story, right? We have pretty good stories. Don't we have good stories? Stories that we pass on from generation to generation. One of my favorites was my grandfather's story. He was an electrician. He worked on Maytag, Maytag uh, appliances and different things like that. And uh, they were switching over from the style, how they used to test electricity. Um, they would like wipe their hands on the wires to see if they're hot. Anybody ever seen an electrician do that? Those boys are nuts. But they do this and they're like, yeah, that one's alive. Well, he got a pager with the company that he was working with. And they didn't want to get surprised by it because it's new technology. So he put it on vibrate instead of alarm. And this one particular time he's working on this thing and he runs over and he hits the wires in his pager goes off right at that moment. Oh, scares him. Now, I got to tell you, that's an amazing story. I wasn't there. That'd be pretty amazing if grandpa actually had a pager and all of those things happened. But I got to tell you, as a kid, that was an amazing story. I still share with my kids. Someday, I hope they share it with their kids about their great-great-grandfather. But a story about a coming king that would restore our nation back to its glory days. Can you imagine how that would be passed along? How people would share that story and continue it as, it, as it went through the generations. Another amazing part to me is that the angels actually delivered this story to the shepherds. Don't you think so? Wouldn't it have been better for them to have delivered it to the high priests? Hey guys, just so you know, all the Bible stuff you've been studying, here he is. You're ready for him, right? Wouldn't it have been better to go to the high priests? Okay, I gotta, let me help you with something. This is an interactive. If you couldn't tell from the kids, I, I enjoy people. In, so you can say yes or no or nod your head. It's all right to do that. In my mind, I would have taken it to the leaders. I would have, I would have taken it to somebody that would have had the power and authority to do something about it. But instead, he took it to the shepherds. And this caused me some contemplation this week as I was thinking about why would he go to the shepherds? And then I realized something as we're thinking about King David. Where was King David called from? 
Where was he anointed out of? He was a shepherd. Samuel went to his father's house, Jesse, and they called in all of their sons, and he brought all of the best looking, the guys that he figured would definitely be the most likely to be the coming king. And they left David out in the field tending the sheep. And Samuel said, no, none of them will do. Where's your other son? He's out tending the sheep. And it was there that Samuel anointed King David. And what did he do? I love this. He went back to tending sheep. So truthfully, it's probably no surprise that the announcement of the coming Savior of Israel, the returning king that would reestablish the throne of peace in his rule for an ever and ever under the line of David would come through shepherds. Second amazing thing to me is that who would he tell this story to that would believe him more than Mary and Joseph, right? Because if we look back in the text in Luke uh, chapter 1, verses 26 through 38, we actually see Joseph's account of an angel coming and telling him to marry, Mary, Mary. He heard an angel as well, scared him half to death. But they gave him good news. Mary's account is in Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Mary heard from an angel as well. So can you imagine the story? The shepherds show up and they're sharing with Mary these amazing things that Mary and Joseph, and they're going, oh yeah, we believe you. This kid's been bringing this kind of stuff on us for a while. Can you imagine that story? They would have believed and Mary and Joseph would have taken that in and would have received it well. As we see at the end of Luke, it says that Mary treasured these things in her heart. In her heart. What an amazing moment to watch this happen. We have these different eyewitnesses that testify to these things having happened. And what's amazing to me is in the process of the Jewish tradition that the Pharisees, the religious leaders who studied the Old Testament, who knew God worked this way, who knew that he brought things around this way in this manner, missed it. Many of them did. Not all, but many did. Many people missed who Jesus was. It's amazing to me in the Gospel of Mark, he actually sh uh, shares at one point how the disciples missed what Jesus was sharing with them. We didn't get it at the time. They were with him and they didn't get it. So it's not a surprise that they missed it. I think the challenge for you and for me, though, is are we missing it? We have the Word of God. We have the testimony that's written here before us. And I think that in the midst of a holiday season, we can get so wrapped up in the busyness of life that we forget why we celebrate Christmas, why we celebrate the coming Messiah. If you look with me in John chapter three, you know, growing up, I, I don't know if you guys have heard this verse too much. Um, I always discounted this verse. I'm like, you can't use that to give the gospel anymore. It's been overused. That's not true. It was just what I thought. Because I thought, I'm supposed to be a pastor, I should have sharper and better things to use than the traditional verses. But I want to read to you this passage, and I would like for you to take a minute and just stop. Just stop. The packages don't need to be wrapped until you get out of here. The food won't get cooked any better if you're worried about it today. The people won't show up on time or later. Or your party won't go any better. No matter what you do right now, it's not going to help in the next few minutes. So just stop. Take a minute and listen to what Jesus says. Listen 
to what he says is the reason that he came as the Messiah, our Savior. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name, the only son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Have you and I missed the reason for being and celebrating Christmas? Christ the Messiah announced by angels to shepherds, proclaiming a prophecy that's more than a, that's, that was more than 700 years old at that time, fulfilled in that person of Jesus, who later on in the story we're going to see die and raise again, be raised again. But today we celebrate the birth of our Savior. I want to challenge you not to miss it this season. He came because of the love of God for you and for me. Now, I'll be honest with you. Um, I've got like two minutes left. This is so cool. This is my first Christmas Eve service ever that I've actually led. Now, you might say to me, Shane, how is that possible after being a pastor for 20 years? Plus, 20 might be a little shy, but <clears throat> let me tell you how that's possible. Because I grew up in a broken home, and I had four grandparents, four sets of grandparents. And so all of our Christmas Eve and Christmas Day celebrations were running from one grandparent's house to the next, to the next, to the next. It was nuts. Now, as a, as a little child, I thought, who score, right? That's twice the gifts. As I got a little bit older, I started to see the damage and the wreckage that came in those family moments and the pain that was involved in, in all of the family dynamics of that. And um, it became very challenging. But you know, when I became a pastor, you know what I lost? I didn't get to go to those Christmas events anymore because I had to do this. And so I spent a lot of my years really not happy about church. Christmas Eve services. You know what I'd lost in that, in my own life stuff? I forgot why we celebrate. Whether you go to a Christmas Eve service or not, whether you celebrate in your home as a family or not, the reason for this is Jesus himself. The reason that we gather and celebrate is to remember the birth of our Savior. Don't let that be lost. No matter what your family background is, no matter what your, what your experiences in life are, he came so that we might have eternal life if we believe in him. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you. Thank you so much for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. I thank you, Lord, for our Savior, Jesus Christ. I thank you that he came and took on the form of a created person, a man, and he died at the hands of his creation so that we could know the true light of the world, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
May you be glorified in our worship of you this Christmas season. May we be the light that you have called us to be and to reflect your light to a lost and dying world in your name. Amen. I want to invite you to look under your chairs. We have candles there. I'm going to ask you to take those candles. Parents, uh, obviously watch your kids. Um, help us with this because we're bringing live flame to your neighborhood right now. But we want to light a candle and we're going to sing Silent Night. This light represents the light of Christ and it's our responsibility to share it with others. So would you stand with me now as we begin to light our candles? Pass that flame along if you would. Thank you for listening to today's message from Liberty Lake Church in Liberty Lake, Washington. We see the excitement of the commercialism surrounding the Christmas season. Yet, as we hear the Christmas story and the true reason for the season, we tend to be jaded. We are underwhelmed by our lack of joy. We don't feel the excitement of the celebration of the Christ child's birth. What could rebuild this excitement? Can we see the fulfillment of prophecy and realize there had to be amazing circumstances? Are we missing out? Or do we grasp the shivers of amazement in lieu of the busyness of the season? Christ's arrival at the precise time to fulfill prophecy is the greatest gift we could ever receive in that claiming Christ means eternal life to all who will open hands to grasp God's special gift. Have you accepted Christ? If not, don't wait. Time is short and getting shorter all the time. Your new life can start now. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Our pastor, our elders, and our prayer watch team are available to pray with you or to answer any questions you may have. Contact us through www.LibertyLakeChurch.com or follow us on Facebook. We look forward to hearing from you and welcome any questions and comments you may have. As always, we appreciate your prayer support. Join us next time for another message on God's Word for You for today from Liberty Lake Church. Thank you again, and God bless.